0: Hi there! Welcome to episode 35 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. Today's episode is our second annual winter special. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Wave Back Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Vicki. And we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. Tonight we get to do something a little special. Vicky and I have put our heads together and come up with some great video game music that's in the spirit of the season. Welcome to the second annual Wave Back Winter Special. Last year at this time I was still doing the show solo, and I put together a list of tracks from some of my favorite Christmas themed games, as well as some remixes and generally wintry songs that made me think of the holidays. This year, Vicky and I went full on ice levels and came up with some of our favorite tracks that made us think of winter. Before we get started, since all the songs are coming from different games, we'll be discussing the artists individually around each track like we usually do. Uh, so there isn't much history to go into now. Uh, but I also wanted to point out that if you happen to get this episode directly from geekade.com or on our YouTube channel, the art we used for this episode is from a talented artist by the name of Ken Wong. And you can see more of his art at KenArt kenart.net. Uh, so, Vicki, how are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing very well um (laughs) i'm really excited oh it started snowing not just now but it is. yeah it started snowing over the weekend so you know we didn't get any
0: snow down here
1: oh well you're a bit further south so maybe that's why
0: it's been raining all day oh no we
1: we had snow yesterday like people's cars were covered
0: oh i'm so jealous
1: are there you? not even
0: any. There, I love snow. I love <sighs> winter. I love snow. And there's not even any snow in the forecast for us down here. Oh no! But there was some snow. Like some of the local newscasters were talking about snow. So the grocery store was a madhouse because you know you got to get oh, the milk yeah. and bread.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that.
0: You got to get the French toast. You got to make our <laughs> French toast. Got to get the milk and bread. Oh goodness. All right, well, uh, all right, so like I said, we've got a bunch of wintry-themed stuff. Uh, Vicky and I both picked a handful of tracks, and uh, this is it's all over the map here, man. We've got stuff from all kinds of different games and some very different-sounding songs. So uh, the first track was one that I picked, uh, but definitely one that Vicky and I agreed on. This is a track from Animal Crossing New Leaf, uh, a great game, and we I, I chose 5 p.m. Winter. Um, this is by Manaka Z- Kataoka, Kataoka uh, who is known for Wii Fit and Smash 4 music, and Atsuko Asahi, uh, who did Steel Diver and Pikmin 3, among other things. This track is, I mean, I love the Animal Crossing New Leaf soundtrack from... Top to bottom, it's great stuff. But uh, when we first started talking about this, this was one of the first things that popped in my head was just the feeling of walking around, listening to Animal Crossing music during winter. You know, and you, f- you hear your footsteps footprints uh, in the snow and whatnot, and uh, it always makes me happy. But when I went through and started listening to the winter tracks, a lot of them are incredibly sparse, and like they're really cool. They fit so well when you're playing the game. But some of the tracks were like well, this isn't actually very interesting, uh, but I found 5 p.m., and I think, this is, uh, I think this is one of the more interesting tracks to listen to from New Leaf. So, uh, I know, Vicky, you and I have both spent lots of time in Animal Crossing New Leaf.
1: Oh, I remember. It was like, I think Animal Crossing was like the first simulator game that I played, and, oh, I loved it so much. When this one came out... Um, Me and all of my friends went to buy it, and we were supposed to go to the Bronx Zoo that day, and luckily we had like a two-hour train ride to the zoo, so we were just playing Animal Crossing the whole time. (laughs) It was was some good times.
0: (laughs) I distinctly remember you coming into the comic book store and uh, the two of us trading fruit.
1: Oh Uh, my god, yes! you You
0: and I definitely played this game together a long time ago when it first came out. Those were the days. All right, so let's go ahead and give our first track a listen. Here is 5 p.m. Winter from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Enjoy. 5 p.m. from Animal Crossing: New Leaf. That
1: song's so beautiful. It's so comfy. <laughs>
0: it is just I. You can hear the footprints. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like any, Anytime I listen to any of this music, you can just hear all that that those snow footprints, and it's yep. just the best. It's just the best. Man, I love this game.
1: It's it's too good. <laughs> it is,
0: and, and and this a lot of the soundtrack is this very kind of light stuff. Um, and just those really subtle little, like, jingle bells that they throw in there. Just mm-hmm. go, they they just change the whole thing. It, the instrumentation and everything really just makes it feel very wintry. Uh, and it's, it's magnificent. Animal Crossing New Leaf is, is a fantastic game with a really, really great soundtrack.
1: Oh man, now I want to play it again. Ugh.
0: Alright then, let's move on to uh, your first track. Uh, the, the first track that you picked here is Zora's Domain from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time by Koji Kondo who uh, is We Koji all know Kondo. and love. We yeah. all know and love. We know <laughs> who Koji Kondo is at this point. Um, so, so talk to me about this one. Why'd you pick this one?
1: Alright, so originally it's the main theme for the like normal Zora's Domain when you're a child but to me it's uh, when you're an adult and you're about to go explore the ice caverns. And I don't know, it it sounded like it fit more as an ice theme to me than as the water theme because it was so, like, mystical.
0: It is very interesting that this song um, is used in... It's the same place, but it's two totally different circumstances. And you'd mm-hmm. think that they would have... know made a different version of the song to use there but it's a the song itself works perfectly i think in both instances because it's got the the perfect mixture of tropical and mysterious and i it's it's such an interesting piece of music so uh let's go ahead and listen to it here's track number two zora's domain from the legend of zelda ocarina of time Zora's Domain from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um
1: Yeah, it does sound very beachy.
0: It does. <laughs> it's it's definitely I I feel like taken away from if you were listening to this and for some some possible way had never played this game before, <laughs> you probably wouldn't necessarily think Ice Cave listening to it. It sounds very tropical, but having played the game, there's this unmistakable connection to the frozen zora's domain like this the reflection of the ice and everything it's i don't know it's 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 very interesting how that how that works the association there
1: like you can see the frozen king just sitting there on his yeah. little mini waterfall
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it's, you know, it, it's, it's got all the, the, the stylings of, of your tropical songs. It's got the, like the vague, um, you know, it's, it's all very... Um,
1: that like calypso kind of drum?
0: Exactly, yeah. It's got some very steel drum business going on. It's got the hand percussion and whatnot in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's kind of those minor notes towards the end uh, that makes it... Because it's all very major at the beginning. And then towards the end, before it loops, it gets to these really kind of like higher minor notes that almost... It adds that sense of dread almost to it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's always something just a little bit off about the Zora's Domain when you're there. And I feel like that's kind of what wraps in that whole icy nature to it a little bit. But, you know, Ocarina of Time, brilliant soundtrack, uh, obviously a brilliant game, game that we all love greatly. Um, all right. So this next one, uh, we're this is going to is a huge shift in tone from what we've been listening to previously. This next song is one of my favorite tracks from one of my favorite soundtracks on on the Sega Genesis. This is the music from Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and this is Ice Cap Zone Act 1. This is an extraordinary song, very high energy, but very unmistakably cold, very icy. It's 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 just an amazing track. Um I I don't know who wrote this because the list of people who uh, were listed or credited as composers for Sonic 3 is humongous. It's like nine different people. And oh. I, I haven't been able to track down who is attached to which specific tracks. Um, but really, the the Sonic the Hedgehog games, as far as I'm concerned, very clearly represent the height of uh, Sega Genesis music. It's They're all so wonderfully composed. And especially the mainline games, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and, and Knuckles... Uh, they're so wonderfully composed, and they, they play to the Genesis' strengths so incredibly well. Um, whereas the Super Nintendo was using samples, and a lot of the music sounds very different from game to game, Sega Genesis music almost always sounds like Sega Genesis music. And I don't feel like any series of games, or any any games at all, have... We were able to really nail what the system was capable of from a sound perspective better than the Sonic games. And Sonic 3 has some of my hands down favorite tracks in all of the series. Uh, how familiar are you with Sonic 3?
1: Um, pretty familiar. Um, back in when I was younger, we had, there was like a, an arcade machine in my dentist's office. So <laughs> I would go to the dentist all the time and we'd, I would play uh, Sonic. On that box. That's
0: interesting. I know. (laughs)
1: It's really weird. It was a way to keep me at the dentist because I hated that place. Aside (laughs) from Sonic.
0: Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar? Do you know this song off the top of your head?
1: No, not off the top of my head, but I'll probably remember as soon as we listen to it.
0: Probably because it's really, really memorable. So, all right, here we go. Ice Cap Zone Act 1 from Sonic the Hedgehog 3. (laughs) Is it getting cold in here or is it just the music? (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be allowed to say things.
1: (laughs) I mean, we're not making any like weird ice puns.
0: Not yet.
1: Ice to meet you.
0: (laughs) We're going full on Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin. Oh, God. I (laughs) hate that movie. (laughs) Uh, all right, back to things that I enjoy. Uh, yeah. This song, so stinking good. Um, just just for posterity's sake, uh, the list of composers, the, the people that this could be, are Brad Buxer, Bobby Brooks, Del Ross, uh, Jeff Grace, Doug Grigsby third, and C. Kiroko Jones, uh, or Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, uh, I think it's could, Michael
0: Jackson. It could be. Um, it's his, his, that's a whole interesting story, is Michael Jackson's involvement in the music of this game is like still this giant mystery that's floating around. There's conflicting reports of whether or not he was involved, whether or not he actually wrote anything. It's, it's all very interesting. But to any of those people who are involved in writing this song, thank you. Uh, it's The stage itself involves a lot of dissension, and it's really... Th- this song kind of feels like things are going down. It just has this very downward feeling to it. Um, but it's... It, th- I love the drums in this one. It, it's got that one... You know, the the 4-4 four, four just really kind of dance beat going on there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but then... It kind of has that uh the, the, these extra snare hits that are just they're almost seemingly random they're they're rather sporadic and um, they fit right in between the 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 dancey bass drums and it's it adds so much to the song that that extra chunks of snare drums in there and then once that little kind of part <laughs> that, that when that part comes in it just really that kind of makes you feel the the iciness to it you know it's 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 glorious.
1: The snowboarding section is super fun in this i thought that, that was pretty cool
0: <laughs> yes and i believe this is also the stage that had the um the uh uh there were this i, guess, I don't even know what to call them they were like these platforms on chains and you would spin dash into them and when you hit them it would like loop around upwards and bring you up to the next uh level i think said hmm. so, sonic 3 has some really interesting stages in it but boy, this have a really, really good soundtrack. And typically speaking, I feel, especially in older games, when there's this many composers, the music tends to not be all that good. Um, I, I think we had this conversation back with um, Konami's uh, Rocket Knight Adventures, and it's it a great soundtrack, but it sounds very disconnected with itself. Uh, whereas Sonic 3 really just kind of is, is spot on most of the time. Um But this is just a a great track, so let's move on to Vicky's second pull of the night, and that would be...
1: Cool, Cool Mountain by, once again, Koji Kondo.
0: That's right, and it is from the wonderful, wonderful Super Mario 64 for the Nintendo 64 because, you know, games for N64, they have to end in 64, right?
1: Yep, literally the best level, in my opinion, (laughs) because of Penguins.
0: Oh, it is hard to argue that point because of penguins. <laughs> uh, I do love the penguins i love I love penguins in general. I love the penguins in this game. I love the baby penguins they're adorable
1: oh, and little um, lost penguin like mini yeah. side quest thing that was precious
0: that was adorable
1: and the penguin race everything yeah great.
0: The penguin race with the the fake wall that you can go through and oh it's so good i don't know that I'd say this is my favorite level in the game. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I love the stage, but, I don't know, bob Battlefield will always be so special to me because of, you know, the first time I played this game and getting to that first stage, the first time you jump through that painting and the first time you're in a Mario level that is just run any direction you want it was just (laughs) masterful but uh this is a another pretty radical departure um this is this song if you're unfamiliar with it it doesn't sound very similar to any of the other songs that we have listened to tonight and yet it is still extraordinarily wintry no matter how you slice it so here we go here is um cool cool mountain or snow mountain depending on what track listing you're looking at uh by koji kondo from super mario 64 enjoy
2: Bye. Thank <laughs> you.
1: You back back to when you were a small child or a teenager playing this game, just
0: or last week when or I was last
1: playing week. The game. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I haven't played it since well, I don't know, at least 10 years. Really, yeah,
0: wow. No, I go back to Mario 64 relatively frequently. Wow, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a really fun game. I, it's such an important game to me i mean I, I don't feel that it's aged extraordinarily well i know people hold it up on a really high pedestal but i mean this game and just the whole story about this game and me getting the n64 and the un, unreasonable hype i had for the nintendo 64 at the time i mean this this game is just absolute just pure magic it's so wonderful and this level in particular like like you said is is really fantastic it's you know, walking across those bridges and the, the the sound of Mario's feet, you know, stomping in snow, and there's penguins everywhere, and uh, all the different directions you can go straight off the bat. I mean, it's it, it's amazing, and it's a really good game to go back to for a number of reasons. Particularly if you have it on the uh, the Wii or Wii U virtual console, it, it cleaned up the N sixty four games. They cleaned them up a little bit for the virtual console release, and Ooh. it looks really really nice. It's um, very sharp looking. Um, it ages better than a lot of games from this generation. I feel, uh, but I haven't gone back to, and actually, I've never really spent much time with, is the, the Nintendo DS version of Super Mario 64.
1: I didn't know they made. Oh yeah, they did make that. I completely forgot about it.
0: Yeah, c- carrying on the tradition of ridiculously titled portable Mario ports. Yep. Of the super, like, n- it's not quite Super Mario Advance Four, or Super Mario Brothers Three. Ridiculous. Uh, but Super Mario 64 DS is kind of ridiculous as well. Um, and this was this is on the Wii U Virtual Console, by the way, the the DS version, which I would really like to play, just because it would inherently use an analog stick, which would be nice. Uh, and and I, f- I know that the graphics were redone for the DS version to to look a little sharper than the extremely blocky N64 stuff. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted there with the my Super Mario 64 love go go back to uh, what you were saying
1: oh no I just had another like a little trivia anecdote
0: ooh I love trivia anecdotes
1: the music that is played here as well as the music for Snowman's Land is a Christmas themed iteration of the cover of the Princess's Secret Slides music a remix of the music also appears as the music for the Dream Snowball Fight event in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games for the Wii version (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, wow. yep ain't that something
1: sure <laughs> is
0: yeah this is uh, i definitely know this track has been reused a handful of times and 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 worthy of that too it's a it's a great tune um and it's the instrumentation here that really makes it again uh what it is you know we've got the um i mentioned this on on last year's uh, uh winter special the um Something that was used in the oh, was the NES remix song that I used, uh, and it was about the accordion sound. And accordion sounds in particular, I, I don't know, there's something about a combination of jingle bells and accordion that makes a very special, wintry, almost carnival-y feel to it, you know? And uh, all the instrumentation of this is, is 100% happy winter stuff and and this is a very low stress level like with the exception of when you're on the slide sliding down oh god um, that
1: was stressful
0: all the rest of this (laughs) stage is is slower and meticulous especially like you know the stuff where you're holding the penguin and you're you're walking with the penguin you can't really move all that fast unless you're jumping constantly so this is the this stage itself has a relatively slower pace and uh this music fits that quite well
1: well that's it for me um (laughs) We can go on to the next song, which is one of yours.
0: It is indeed one of mine. Uh this is it's gonna sound a little odd. We're talking about super ghouls and ghosts. <laughs> I know we just talked about this on the uh the Halloween spooky special, but when I think of, of ice levels, this is one of the first ones that always pops to my mind because this is a this is a stunningly gorgeous piece of music. It is it is incredible. The super ghouls and ghosts soundtrack is really 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 remarkable i can't wait to do a solid super ghouls and ghosts episode one of these days because this game in particular i mean the whole the franchise itself has excellent music super ghouls and ghosts is great um either the the ghosts and goblins franchise in general is great but uh, to to my mind and to my ears there is the best game in the series is super ghouls and ghosts for the super nintendo and that is in no small part to the extraordinary soundtrack uh, in, done in this game by Mary Yamaguchi, who also did music for Mega Man Five and the original Breath of Fire. Um, this soundtrack goes all over the map because the, the the levels themselves are so varied. But there's an ice forest in the game, which is what this track is named after, and it is a it is a it is such a beautiful stage. It's it's creepy and eerie in uh, because it's super goals and ghosts, and you're fighting monsters. But there's there's just an, an inherent beauty to this stage that is missing from a lot of the other stages because they're intentionally really ugly and scary. Um, but boy, this stage, I remember the first time I got to it and just thinking, just being completely blown away. It takes my breath away all the time. So so this track here, uh, which we're just going to go ahead and listen to right now, Ice Forest by Mary Yamaguchi from Super Ghouls and Ghosts for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy. <laughs> Forest from Super Goals and Ghosts, and boy, what a what a complex song that is, you know? Yeah. It's it it, it runs on such an interesting time signature, and and hearing something in five eighths time is not something that I was used to hearing in video games at this point. And this whole soundtrack has such a such a remarkable orchestral feel to it, and this song in particular really, uh, really just pulls out that just just so complex, you know. It starts off. It, when it varies, you know, in the red right that that beginning chunk there, when it's all the very um, harp sounding, uh, twinkly sounds, it's really difficult to nail down exactly the, um, you know, exactly what the time signature is until the music starts coming together a bit more uh, cohesively, and once you really start to kind of get a little bit more of a feel to that that, uh, I guess, horn sound that's that's providing the line for it. Once that really starts coming, and you really start to get a feel for the groove of the song, and it's ah, it's just such a remarkable piece, and it's very, it's 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 beautiful and disturbing at the same time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's such like a weird track. I mean, well, for ghouls and ghosts, it's mostly spooky stuff, and you had like a tiny bit of spookiness in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I don't know. It felt like a an actually a wintry track.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely filled with with that spookiness. There's lots of you know minor notes and stuff thrown in there to just kind of give that that you know, off putting edge to it. But it was it matches the stage perfectly, in that the stage itself is both beautiful and disturbing. And the music it's the music that goes along with it is it just equal parts beautiful and disturbing. I I adore this track so much. It is so wonderful. Um, and and one of my favorite ice tracks from any game I've ever heard, really possibly my favorite track of the night. It's so hard to nail it down because I love every song we're listening to tonight. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead <laughs> and move on to the next track. Oh, uh, we're going from Super Cools and Ghosts to Kirby sixty four. Yay! <laughs> Kirby sixty four, the crystal shards. This was Vicky's pick. Uh, talk to me about it.
1: I love the crystal shards. Um, it was the first Kirby where you... I think it's still the only Kirby where you got to combine powers. Which was, I think you're right about that, yeah. It was so awesome. It, it was, like, my favorite thing because uh, I think, like... I'm trying to remember, all like, one of the, my favorite powers. Um, you could use ice and, like, I think one of the boomerang powers. And you can make, like, ice skates. And it was just oh, yeah, it yeah. was so cute. You could like make yourself into a rock bird or something. Ooh. It was just it was there such was a like pleasant a game.
0: Needle and cutter and you would throw this like you like Kirby would throw a piece of himself as yeah. the cutter that was covered in spikes. It, it was, was so, so weird. Yeah, it was
1: weird. <laughs> but it was like it was a pretty easy game. Sometimes I like to challenge myself and, like, make weird combinations and see if I could get through a level. Oh, my definite favorite is the refrigerator. You could turn yourself into a fridge and, like, spit out food so you could heal yourself. Oh, my
0: God, I forgot all about that.
1: (laughs) It was the best. It was, like, electricity and ice.
0: Oh, that's right. Man, some of those were really, really clever. (laughs) I never gave this game the credit that it deserved, um... I'm a huge Kirby fan, I really am. I love the Kirby games, but Kirby's Adventure for NES uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, the the remake for Game Boy Advance, Nightmare and Dreamland is is simply phenomenal. I really do love Kirby games. There was something about this game. I think it was this game, Dreamland Two and Dreamland Three are. I think um, I could be very wrong about this, and I apologize if I am. Um, but I think that these games had a different director than most of the other Kirby games, and they're kind of known as they're kind of known for being a little bit more melancholy and and more slower paced than some of the other Kirby games. And there was something about this game in particular. I mean, it worked well within the N 64s graphical limitations of being very blocky, but uh, there was something that was just so slow about moving in this game that really just it didn't feel right to me, and I was very—I um, get stuck in my ways. There's, there's no <laughs> two ways about it. I, I, I'm, I'm very curmudgeonly sometimes when it comes to doing new things with my franchises, and uh, I, I just remember it took me a long time to give this game a proper second shot, uh, and, and when I did, I really enjoyed it. This and, and Dream Land 3, uh, both are better games than I gave them credit for initially, Um but this uh, this song that you chose from the Shiver Star, I don't remember it very well because uh, I like I said I never put a ton of time into this game, um, so I'm really I'm really interested in listening to this because uh, this was done by. Uh, bu- 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 Jun Ishikawa from uh, you know music on the original Kirby's Dream Land and Smash Brothers for N64, and Hirokazu Ando, who did music from Kirby's Adventure, my favorite in the franchise, and Picross 3D. Oh, I love so Picross
1: the... 3D. Oh,
0: Picross 3D is so good. <laughs> if you own a DS of any flavor, get yourself some Picross games. They are worth your time. Picross is amazing. And Picross 3D is just like that much further. It's so good. Um but, uh, yeah, th- that was one piece of this game that I was never even remotely disappointed by was the soundtrack. I mean, I remember turning on the game initially and like that weird painter kid and whatnot. There was something about the world that this game was building that was starting to feel really foreign to me. Um, there was this is a complete Kirby tangent right now. So Kirby's Dream Land comes out for Game Boy and I absolutely love it. I play it to death. But it's easy as heck. And then they do Kirby's Adventure, the first sequel to a Kirby game, and that's where they introduce the getting of powers, like when you can swallow things and get powers, because you couldn't do that in the original game. And I was like, oh my god, this opens up everything! And the game was so gorgeous and animated so well for NES. Really one of the, the best-looking NES games, particularly from a first-party standpoint. The game is fen- phenomenal. But one of the most interesting things about Kirby's Adventure was um, Meta Knight. Because you fight Meta Knight in the game and it's just a one-on-one sword fight. And when you win against Meta Knight, his mask cracks, falls to the side, and he looks exactly like Kirby except solid black, wraps himself up in his cape, and then poofs away. And then Kirby Games just didn't pay attention to that going forward. It was just like, <laughs> I want to know who Meta Knight is! I, I want an explanation! This is so interesting! And I didn't... I, I don't know if they've fit that into the, the Kirby pantheon by now of who exactly Meta Knight is or what exactly he is, because I kind of stopped paying attention to the story in Kirby games at a certain point. And I, I cause I know they were it came out with so many of them, but by the time this rolled around, it, like I'm looking at the way the characters are interacting with one another and the character designs other than Kirby himself. And I didn't really care for the way that that was going with the way these other characters looked. And so, yeah, Kirby 64 rubbed me the wrong way from the get go tangent over uh, <laughs> great music, Let's listen to it so I can shut up for a minute. (laughs) Here is Shiver Star from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards.
1: Love that song! It sounds like a a I don't know a techno Christmas remix. techno <laughs> Christmas remix? <laughs> like the beginning of the song is super fun and like cutesy, and then it gets like ah, uh, what's it like? Kind of distorted in the middle.
0: It you know it just sounds like Kirby music. Does just, it? <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like Kirby music to me. It's <laughs> Kirby music is so distinct, and I. I I don't know. I think it's that like most Kirby music has this same kind of cadence to it, and like
1: that little flute or whatever that is.
0: Yeah, the little yep. going on in the background. That <laughs> they always have something like that going on, and it's it's such a very specific flavor for Kirby music. But it's it's so pleasant. It's so pleasant, <laughs> and uh, I know a lot of Kirby music tends to bleed together a little bit. Uh, I, at least for me, a lot of the music does tend to bleed together a bit outside of um, you know the original game, and you know, there's a handful of tracks that really stick out to me. But some of this more modern stuff, like this music, sounds very similar to music that I would hear in Kirby's Dreamland Two, for example, uh, and it's not a bad thing. Like I don't want to disparage it in, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's it's just it's just delightful. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. delightful. I, I could. I've I've already gone on and on enough about my love, <laughs> my love for the Kirby franchise. I, I love that little pink guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are going to move on to Northern Hemispheres. This is probably one of the least popular tracks, <laughs> the least famous tracks from the Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, this is this is really a great song, um, and it, it's it's more interesting than it gets credit for. Uh, And it it goes to a great stage. Uh, This is the music that plays during Snow Barrel Blast, which is uh, a great stage in this game that um, if you were like me, you got that Nintendo Power VHS tape in the mail uh, about Donkey Kong Country before it came out. And that tape, I must have worn that thing out. I watched it over and over and over again. My hype for Donkey Kong Country was out of this world. And one of the things that they showed off in this game was snow barrel blast, and the things that they pointed out are things that I probably wouldn't have noticed as much had the video not pointed them out to me. And they're really, really impressive. Um, you start the stage, and it's you know it's on a snowy mountain. It's it's outdoors. It's it's all snow covered everywhere, but it's not snowing. And as you go through the stage, the snow starts creeping up in the background, like way in the background. And I think. i'm remembering the number correctly there there's either i feel like it was 12 i think there are 12 layers of snow effects going on at the same time by the time you get to the you'll hear this music start off very calm and slowly pick up and if you're playing the stage at a normal cadence and not making any real mistakes the music in this stage will will match what you're doing incredibly well and As the snow picks up, it'll match what's going on with the music. So by the time the music is like really, really in in depth, the snow is now just covering the screen. And it's kind of difficult to see because there's so much snow going on. You're in the middle of this massive snowstorm. And it looks so impressive because of how many different layers of snow are going on at the same time. And that it's been slowly creeping towards you the whole time you're playing the stage. Hmm. Uh, And then you get to the part um, which is just... It's so intense, and I can still do it perfectly almost every time. Uh, there's this very, very long barrel blasting segment that if you do it exactly right, you'll get a three-up balloon at the end of it. And you have to hit every single barrel perfectly. You, have, you can't wait too long, can't wait for them to spin around another rotation. You have to get every single one of them absolutely perfect with each hit. And if you do it right, you get a three-up balloon at the end. And it is so cool. I love this stage. I love this game. The first Duncan Country is a damn masterpiece. I have so much to say about it, but this is music by David Wise. Uh, Again, if you don't know who he is, you've probably never listened to this show before. Uh, I've gone on and on about how much I love David Wise. Um, He's done music for the Wizards and Warriors games, Cobra Triangle, pretty much any popular, old, rare game like Battletoads, David Wise has had his hand in, and He has done just the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack in particular. One and two are some of his just finest, finest works. And this is a song that I don't think gets nearly enough credit because there's so many more catchy tunes within the Donkey Kong Country realm. This is a lot more atmospheric. Uh, So let's go ahead and listen to it. This is Northern Hemispheres by David Wise from Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy. northern hemispheres from donkey kong country and um i forgot to ask you what's your what's your history with this with this game vicky i mean i'm assuming you've played donkey kong country before right yeah yeah do you know the level i'm talking about off the top of your head the yeah. About? <laughs>
1: yeah oh man also uh, this it feels like this podcast took a very dark turn
0: <laughs> it certainly did i mean this is uh and the next track's not gonna help oh, that yep. either in fact the next two tracks aren't gonna help that either but uh They are very, they are very gorgeous tracks. They're just not very happy tracks. Um, and it's always fun hearing music like this. One of the things I love so much about the Donkey Kong Country soundtracks is that the games themselves are so upbeat and bright and colorful. And some of the music is very anti that, you know, (laughs) it really goes against its nature, but it fits so flawlessly. It, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's great stuff. Um, now, here's a here's, here's a better question. Have you seen the v h s tape I'm talking about?
1: I have not.
0: I am so linking you to a YouTube <laughs> video. I
1: mean,
0: you're gonna lose your mind. It's, this thing is a this thing is brilliant. um yeah, uh, so so that song is it starts off. It's just a lot this ambient noise and I know, like, by the time you get to the end of it, I don't think that you can actually hear this stuff in the stage if you're going through it the proper cadence. Like, if you're just blowing through the level and just running forward and not making too many mistakes, you're not going to, the level's not even long enough to hear the whole thing loop. Um, So, hearing that ending part of the song, and even still now, it sounds so foreign to me anytime I hear it come up. Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I don't listen to this song all that often. I do think it's an underappreciated track, because it's not as melodic as a lot of the other uh, stuff that David Wise did in Donkey Kong Country. But it is, it is still a, an extraordinary piece of music. <laughs> now, speaking of extraordinary pieces of music, the next one is uh, Vicky's last pick of the night. So why don't you uh, tell us what it is?
1: First of all, everyone, you're welcome. Um, This next song, or my final song, is Terra by Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy VI. Mm. I love this song. (laughs)
0: <laughs> As do I. It's easily my favorite track in Final Fantasy VI, uh, which is saying something because that is an extraordinary soundtrack, uh, and it's one of my favorite songs in all of Final Fantasy. This is it's it is a gorgeous anthem. Now, what about this song in particular? Uh, I know why you picked it, but just tell everybody why you picked this one because Terra isn't necessarily a snow character. What was it about this track that that made you think that it belonged on this episode?
1: it's the um it's the opening theme for the uh for the game and it sets you up for like this whole like the whole sequence of events when you first start out you are um in what are those machines called ah uh, the the things you ride in and wow
0: why uh, can't i remember that
1: i don't know it's ridiculous
0: Magitech Armor! Magitech, Jesus criminy!
1: Right? How did I forget that? I don't know. I <laughs> And I was just playing Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> they have it in that, too. Anyway. Um, so it's like the opening in the game, and you first start out, and it's, like, really tragic and snowing.
0: Yeah, it's like... You, it's a behind-the-back view of the Magitech Armors walking yep. in the snow. And it's like... Jesus, it's been so long since I played this. Do you know... That Tara's in one of them by that point, and it's like that's oh, yeah, after yeah. No, you, the cliffside scene, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know that she's in one, and you know that she doesn't necessarily have control over herself. Yes. Um, but yeah, these, just the three of them trudging through this vicious, vicious-looking snowstorm. hmm And oh, this music is so sad and so gorgeous. It's This song is a, is a damn masterpiece.
1: I'm excited to listen to it. So... S- why don't Let's we just get- go ahead? Yep.
0: <laughs> Here is Terra from Final Fantasy Six by Nobu Uimatsu. <laughs>
1: and that was Tara's theme from Final Fantasy 6 uh I have actually listened to this a lot I have a Final Fantasy playlist that I listen to on my way
2: <laughs>
1: to work to and from um it is also my relaxing music <laughs>
0: This is definitely a relaxing tune.
1: I don't know. I loved Final Fantasy VI. I honestly think it was my favorite Final Fantasy.
0: It's definitely mine.
1: Tara was just such an awesome character and I mean Kafka wasn't like the best oh. villain, but
0: <laughs> Oh, I think Kafka I think Kafka was one of the best villains.
1: Really? I loved his he theme.
0: Was just awful. It, <laughs> it wasn't was like awful. there was nothing. No tragic backstory. He was just an awful person. <laughs> he was just terrible. Was, I I don't want to walk around this village. So poison the water supply and murder everyone, so I can walk through unencumbered. Like this guy was just evil, and I loved that about him. Like he was he was hideous. He had that that horrible laugh, and it was just, there was no liking this character. There was no like. Sephiroth, for example, is one of those characters that had like identifiable traits and you could look at him and say, like, I almost understand his perspective or, or something like that. Kefka was just terrible. He was just a he was clown. A, he was a horrible clown <laughs> beginning to end. He had no redeeming qualities. You never felt bad for him. He was just awful. And I loved that about him. I just loved that it was they were so brazen about him being Pure villainy. And I mean, he killed, a, he murdered a town so he wouldn't have to walk around it.
1: <laughs> he is the human trash fire.
0: <laughs> that is brutal. I I love Kafka. I love him as a villain. And uh, Final Fantasy VI is, is such an amazing game. The way characters like go away and then come back later. Mm-hmm. It's, it weaves in and out of itself. It's an amazing soundtrack. It's a great story. It's Oh, Final Fantasy VI is great. And this song... I mean, Square Enix, Square Enix... Sorry, Square Soft at the time, they really knew how to get a, a, a tremendous performance out of the Super Nintendo. Um, to a visual standpoint, to a certain extent. I mean, Final Fantasy II uh, was impressive at the time uh, in a lot of ways, but there was also a, a lot of stuff about RPGs at the time that were kind of ugly to me. But Final Fantasy VI the the expression that they were able to get out of these little tiny sprites was 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 incredible. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but the the, the music—it sounds so orchestral. They did such a wonderful job of, of of using the the best possible samples to make this music sound as interesting as it as it, as it does. I mean, that flute sound—I I guess it's a flute, right? It, it would have to be a flute. Yeah. That's the the main driving melody of this. is so sad. It is just. It's just dripping with melancholy. It's ridiculous. Um, And it does feel cold. Like, there's... In in my mind, there is absolutely no separating this song from the image of the back of those um, Magitek armors walking through that snowstorm. It's just... They're they're inextricably linked. There's no way to separate them. Because I'll never forget the first time I rented the game from my local video store. I brought it home. I popped it in. And... I didn't care much for turn-based RPGs at the time, and I remember being very disappointed the first time I played Final Fantasy III because I was hoping it wasn't like that because <laughs> I didn't know what I was ta- I didn't know anything about Final Fantasy besides the first one and the second one because this was Final Fantasy III when it first came to America, and I was hoping that there was more action to it. Um, and it wasn't until Chrono Trigger that I really started to understand and really appreciate turn-based RPGs. And when I went back to play Final Fantasy III slash Six, I was blown away by it. But I remember renting it and getting through that whole intro sequence and just being just so mesmerized by the story that they were setting up. And once they got to that point where they are walking and you see the credits rolling and um, just a little credit titles coming up on the screen and the, the snowstorm just looks vicious and everything is very somber And this music was just just haunting, absolutely haunting. And it it stuck with me as one of my favorite pieces of music from any Final Fantasy game. Uh, And it's just just a remarkable track.
1: Thank you for that, Chris. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I can't add any more to that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's go to the next track.
0: Yes, let's move on to the next one. Actually, before we move on to the next one, I need to do a quick correction. Uh, It is actually New Year's Eve right now. Uh, The episode's been up for a couple of days. And my good friend Matt Much uh, contacted me to let me know that we just kind of played the wrong song. I was just going on and on about how I remembered this song playing over the uh, intro... The, the, the credits sequence in Final Fantasy 6, when in fact it is almost this song that plays over the credits sequence in Final Fantasy 6. So uh, it, it's actually a different track. It's not even, as far as I can tell, on the official soundtrack. I had to to find it on the interwebs and re-listen to it and it is it is definitely a, a slightly different version of the same theme so i'm going to toss it in here just for just for you guys uh so let's go ahead and listen to it now and since i don't know the title of the track officially i'm going to call this opening credits enjoy it is essentially the same song as Terra's theme it's just a much more reserved version and uh as soon as he pointed it out to me i looked it up online and i watched a video of the the opening sequence and yeah it's it is definitely this one not the other one uh it's really weird how that other one kind of really just kind of stuck in my mind As this is what this is, I guess just because I knew that melody so well. And it's been a very long time since I played final fantasy three, which uh, I should probably do something about. Well, uh, I'm going now going to uh, return you to your regularly scheduled wave back podcast. And future me is going to go back to not doing this. Good night. All right. Um, we're 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 going a little bit long here but uh we'll we'll see what we can get through this next track is um again it's not really it's not as melancholy as uh, the Terra theme that we just listened to this track is Fendrana Drifts uh by Kenji Yamamoto uh who did music from Punch Out and Super Metroid and this is of course from Metroid Prime um one of my favorite ice stages that I've ever seen in any video game ever is uh Fendrana Drifts uh What's your experience with uh, Metroid Prime?
1: Wait, Prime was the first one, right?
0: It was the first 3D one on the GameCube, yes.
1: Oh! Yes, I played that one.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: Um, I don't think I fully beat it. So I don't... I mean, I played it when it first came out. hmm And I don't remember much of it. So oh, I'm boy. sorry for... I know, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that is okay. Um... This is this was uh, this area in the game is when you first walk out in Fendrona Drifts is still one of the it's one of those really all time memorable moments for me. A uh, Metroid Prime in particular is, is is a masterpiece on so many levels, and I I fell in love with this game very quickly after it had come out, and boy when I went, I think I was just beyond officially sold on this game when I got to Fendrona Drifts because you get there and you just walk into this. Giant snow-covered area that is so stunningly gorgeous, and seeing Metroid Prime it was 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 tactically the kind of the fourth game in the series, you know, and none of the other games had an area that was like this. You had never seen Samus just walk out into a snow area, and the the contrast of Samus's orange and yellow and red against the the just the the blues and whites of a, of a snow area were were really just just gorgeous and this this area had so many neat like ruined buildings in it and the baby she goth monsters that walked around these like really cool little monster guys that would just hang out in balls of snow and then they'd get up and um you'd have to like swing around their the backs and blow up their ice domes that they had on their backs and i always felt bad for killing them because they they we scan them they're baby she goths you know so they're 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 babies but uh, they're um, they're they're attacking you. They're trying to kill you. So it's 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 very very self-defensive. But um, oh, this whole area is, is amazing, and this piece of music is is gorgeous. It is um, oh, let's just listen to it. So here we go. We are moving on to track number. What track are we on? Nine. 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 Okay, Kenji Yamamoto, Vendron Drifts. Metroid Prime, track number nine. Enjoy. Is fendrana drifts or ice valley for metroid crime uh and vicky what'd you think of that one
1: uh it sounded more like an underwater level to me really a little
0: well a little bit there was I like in here i get that yeah actually i do i do get that it, I obviously it's such a disconnect for me because it's so linked to this level for me but yeah i get that
1: um what else but then it started to sound more like snow with the um, the high piano notes. Mm-hmm. That's usually what snow sounds like.
0: <laughs> it sounds like falling pianos. Wait, yep. that's not right. <laughs> no, it's it's a very very cold song. Yep. Very very cold. And uh, it sounds windy. Desolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: that's,
0: that's neat because it's like it's not actually a wind effect. It's just kind of that weird. Droning effect, but it sounds like wind and it sounds like snow. It's it's a it's a very peaceful song too, which mm-hmm. is considering you know, what happens in this area, the 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 action that that you go through all the fighting of the baby goth monsters and whatnot. Um, it is very interesting that this is such a peaceful piece of music, but it is really really nice, and I love the Metroid Prime soundtrack the way it's got that. Um, some more classical instruments but it's also the most of the percussion is very techy sounding like it's it's very it sounds very very technology-ish yeah that's a word but you know (laughs) what I mean uh it's it's really interesting and and what a what a good track what a a great soundtrack and I love that they got Kenji Yamamoto to do this because um Metroid Prime was primarily developed by an american studio retro studios and uh kenji Yamamoto was just old school nintendo talent and it was so great to have his take on this music again it's just wonderful stuff great great soundtrack what an amazing game so uh all right let's move on to our last regular track of the night i'm I'm going to play us out with something ridiculous after this, but, uh, <laughs>
1: exciting.
0: Last. Yeah, it is quite exciting. Believe me, it is. Uh, next last, la- next track that we're going to listen to is, uh, Vanilla Lake from Super Mario Kart by one of my all-time favorites, Soyo Oka, who did just so much great stuff on the Super Nintendo, like Wario's Woods and Mario All-Stars and Pilot Wings and Sim City. And Soyo Oka is great. She is a wonderful composer. I wish she was still making music for Nintendo. Um, But Vanilla Lake from Super Mario Kart, it's the ice level in Super Mario Kart, and and there's nothing not to love. So uh, we're running a little long, so let's jump right in. Here is track number 10, Vanilla Lake from Super Mario Kart. talk about contrast that
2: is yeah. so
0: different from the last couple of tracks we listened to but i wanted to leave us on uh, from actual game music something a little bit uh a little bit more joyous because uh it's i love that song it's so great that little it's it's got such a nice little cute relatively, little
1: twinkling sound That's so It's so cute very
0: twinkling yeah it's very layered it's it's ever so slightly complex um in just the right ways. And that little, the little tiny touches of strings that they throw in there, that do, 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 it's, it is brilliant. It's such a brilliant and joyous little, little piece of music. I, I mean, you've heard me talk about how much I love the Super Mario Kart soundtrack. Oh, I mean, our yeah. Mario Kart episode was, was so much fun. The Super Nintendo Mario Kart soundtrack is, is, is great, great stuff. Can't wait to do an episode of that one day. Um,
1: Mario, that Mario Kart I haven't played in a long time, so I don't remember. Uh, wait, let me check. Hold on, I'll pull up a picture really quick so I can remember it. Uh, Mario Kart, Vanilla Lake. Oh, yes. Yes, this guy. It's
0: definitely a stage that I, I really would love to see them, you know, because they do those the retro courses and all the newer games. I would love to see a proper 3D take on this course because this course had those blocks of ice that you would have to smash through. Like, there were just this wall of ice and everybody would roll run into it and just... It, whoever uh, would break through it first, how was stressful! Like the clear the path. It was it was a really interesting wrinkle in in getting everyone around the course, and it was uh, a it was really great stuff. But I I love this track. I love this track so much. So <laughs> anyway, all right, let's let's finish things off with uh, this is a, a track that I played on last year's show, and I got to play it again. I'll probably play it every year because it is hands down my absolute favorite piece of Christmas music ever piece ever put together. This is called Super Mario Sleigh Ride by The One Ups, which is a fantastic you know, jazz ish band that does great covers of video game music. And this is a mashup of classic Christmas music, particularly Sleigh Ride uh, and Mario music. And it is it is brilliant. Are you are you familiar with this track?
1: No, I am not.
0: Oh well, you are in for a treat. This is <laughs> here it is Super Mario Sleigh Ride, my all time favorite piece of Christmas music. Enjoy. That was cute. <laughs> that was so cute. Oh, it's so brilliant. It's it's mostly Super Mario World music and I love how everything just matches so well. Like the, the the even the weird music like the the bit from the Forest of Illusion that's playing in there and once they get to the the Donut Plains map, oh, it's just and they start combining that with all the other. The, the, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I, I could go on. I I love every single time. This is one of the first songs I listen to when I bust out my my Christmas music. Uh, I, I have a, a specific Christmas playlist that I listen to of of obviously I like listening to the classics, Mm -hmm. but I also have a handful of songs that I love to listen to. And I did the majority of them on the, the show last year with stuff from like Christmas nights and Christmas lemmings. And, you know, NES remix, uh, it, it, go back and listen to uh, last year's holiday special. If you really uh, winter was a winter special. That's it. The way back winter special one, uh, go back and listen to it. Uh, it, it. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes that I did solo before, uh, before Vicky joined. And it's uh, so much good stuff. I love that song. I love it so much. <laughs> I, uh, I love this, this season too. I, I love this time of year. It, it, it always makes me happy. No matter how much stress I got going on gotta gotta just love the holiday season love love my tree love my lights love my music (laughs) so any final words before we call it a night
1: no i think that's it for me
0: okay cool well in that case that is our show tune in next time as we listen to some of the extraordinarily catchy music of the Wii masterpiece the underplayed and underappreciated masterpiece, Rhythm Heaven Fever. As always, we would love to hear everyone's uh, thoughts and memories on these games. Uh, and you can do so on the Waveback Facebook page. You can just search for Waveback on Facebook and you'll find out more information on our next games as well as a nice, convenient place to talk about them. Uh, you can always, of course, send us an email at mail at And while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, or subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out All the other great content we have on our site over at GeekAid.com. Vicky, you also write for another website, which is
1: JustRPG.com. I write articles and I do a podcast over there too.
0: It is good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Uh, So that's going to be it for us. Uh, Happy holidays, everybody! Thanks again for listening, and good night.
1: Good night. Happy holidays.